This is Sean Six from the Liquid Conversations, and I am here with this guy that is referred to as His Rockin' Highness, Chef Mossy, Master Chef Paul Moss. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? How are you, Sean? Very well. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me because you have, from what I have been told, you have the best of both worlds in my mind, one being food and two being rock and roll, and these are two things that I think that that really kind of touch and pull at the heartstrings of most. But you've been fortunate enough to do that. And but before we really kind of get into stories about that, I want to congratulate you on something that you're working on, a new cooking series. And, and I, I want to say loosely cooking series because it's not just about it. It's called King in the Kitchen. Yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's a bit of all sorts, really. Um, I mean, I, I, I have a, I my background is cooking and my background and also the music. Music as well as a big part of my life, you know, and it has been since, you know, 16, 17, you know. So you're going to be doing this new series and you, you're you filming this in Washington State, correct? Yes, yeah, okay. correct. Uh, on Hedges Vineyard um, in Washington State. So you picked a perfect area, an area that's big on food, an area that's big on wine, an area that's big on culture, and then also big on music too. So you're doing this with the King of the Kitchen Productions, and then also in association with knac.com, and you're going to be putting this series out. But the interesting thing about it is this is your first forte into the so-called television acting film world because your background really is primarily as a chef. Yeah. You you started a long time ago. You have a very rich history of one, how you got into cooking and two, where you ended up cooking. Why don't you just kind of give me a background a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, years ago, I mean, I was probably 16, 17, I got my first job working in a kitchen in a supermarket, you know, in a, uh, not a supermarket, but in a department store you know um and i just working weekends and i just got, got into it and uh and left school and got an apprenticeship uh working like a day release within a, a you know a luncheon club in oxford and uh and it kind of went from there really do yeah you, do you think uh, this is something that as a child that you always wanted to do was was cooking your passion and is that kind of where it exploded from there i, I had a um, but I never really wanted to do it as a living, you know, as uh, you never kind of fall into it. I kind of fell into it as a weekend job because, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of athletics and running and I kind of uh, paid my way, you know. Um, so, yeah, I kind of fell into it. Really. I, but uh, people say to me, oh, you should go and work for, you know, one of the Oxford colleges and do your apprenticeship. And in the end, I did actually do that working for the Gridiron Club, which is, you know, a very prestigious club in Oxford. So was that something that you felt comfortable doing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did, um, you know, I was very good at it, and, and I did enjoy it, you know, obviously to do an apprenticeship um, um, back in the day, sort of, uh, you would do work for a company, and you'd learn your trade, and you'd go to college and do your, your, your once a week, and do your, your, your perhaps, your, your, you know, your academic side of it. So, you know, um, you're working as well, but you're learning the majority of stuff with the chefs you work with, you know, but I, and I did kind of have a flair for it, and I did enjoy it, so it's kind of the course I went on, really, yeah. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people may maybe have a perception of cooking as something that is mundane that we do at 
home that we do just primarily to feed ourselves. And when it becomes a little more stylized, it's when we go out and we have somebody cook for us or somebody that prepares food for us. As a chef, did it have that feeling to you like it was something that wasn't as mundane? No, it wasn't mundane at all. I mean, um, when I was working in the business as well, I I find that uh, I'd like to eat out rather than cook at home. Okay. Now I'm kind of not in the business so much. I do, I cook and photograph a lot of work at home. You know, it's, it's, it's strange really. You know, but yeah, I enjoyed it and, you know, I got to the top end of you know, my game, really. So, yeah. A lot of people, when they get involved in that industry, get involved in that uh, as an art form, using food as an art form, they realize that when they work in a kitchen, it's dog-eat-dog. It's ruthless. It's mean. It's, uh, you know, people scream and holler and throw things and so on and so forth. Was it like that? Very much like that, yeah. I mean, um, when you're at the start of your career, I mean, I, I was lucky to work in some, in some great restaurants with a uh, you know great uh, well, not a chain but um, they had two or three restaurants in Oxford and it was high pressure but when you you know but you had fun with it you know everybody got on and we had fun and we worked hard and played hard you know uh, and the quality of food was all fresh nothing was brought in you know our next door was our patisserie which we used to buy stuff in from which was uh, Maison Blanc which is Raymond Blanc's patisserie correct and you know every hour is pretty much we made on site and uh, you know this is back in sort of late 80s you know it's when you refer to it like that because you know you worked hard and you played hard too I've had the distinct pleasure of being friends close relationships with people that worked in the kitchen whether they were the chef of the kitchen or if they were the sous chef or if they were somebody that was just washing dishes. And they tell these grand stories about how the people that work in the kitchen are literally the equivalent of rock stars. They really kind of, they have that flair. They have that kind of laissez-faire attitude about certain things. They're flamboyant. Uh, they can be volatile. They can be emotional. All the excess that you would think of that kind of follows along with the rock world is right there in the kitchen world. World too, and you have a very well-known person that you went to the same school to learn as they did, and that would have been Chef Gordon Ramsay, and he has that reputation too. So it's kind of interesting that you felt comfortable in that environment because, man, that would crush a lot of people to take that kind of pressure, that kind of criticism, that kind of in-your-face attitude. How did you deal with that every single day when you were there in the kitchen? Well, you kind of, you, you kind of own your skills and you kind of get up get up to that point but if you're working in a good restaurant with good people with good produce you know that there uh, you know you, you kind of get used to it and then you you, you know get used to, it's like running a marathon you know you, you get you train for it and right. you get to a point where nothing ever frustrates you you know and there are some people who are great chefs so they can cook really well uh, um, but they're not very good in restaurants and they, they, they fall to pieces so if you you know if you work with the right people uh, I mean Gordon Ramsay is a very good example because he is a top guy. He doesn't talk the talk. He walks, he's walk to walk. Of course. Um, and uh, I got great respect for him. You know. Yeah. He was, he went to the same college as me. He graduated from the same college in Oxford. Yeah. So you were prepped ahead of time. So you, if you were amongst countrymen, uh, amongst people that went from the the same school that you did, learn from the same place that you did. So obviously, you were the type of personality that could survive in that environment. You've built up a very thick skin to be able to take the pressures and the abuse of working in a 
mentioned it. And I think it's interesting when someone sits down at a table in a in a high-end restaurant and they get plated to service mm-hmm. and they realize that this most ornate, very, very gorgeous, very tasty dinner that they're going to eat, they don't have any idea what's going on behind those doors in the kitchen. They, they don't realize the literally the heat of the kitchen and literally the almost violence that's going on back there that people, yeah. people are going crazy. People are literally going nuts back there to provide you something that can be extremely fine. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, the, the people who lose their temper and, and throw things around and swear, I mean, a lot of restaurants don't tolerate that now anyway. But <laughs> it's a sign of not being able to hold the, you know, uh, hold the pressure, you know, not be able to deal with the pressure. But um, I said, lucky the restaurants I've worked in, you know, um, I've got to a point where, you know, we, we were turning over £260,000 a week, you know. Right. Uh, seven or eight hundred covers a night, you know, uh, all a la carte, you know, and and uh, you get to a point, you just you, you could come out at the end of the night, you say, well, let's go have a couple of beers, you know, <laughs> and, and that's it, you know, it's uh, you, you get on and do it, and uh, never any problems. You know, it's it's great that you refer to it casually because mm. you know I think that if you are the person that's suited for that type of lifestyle, suited for that career, suited for that talent, it's something that does kind of roll off the the tip of your tongue like that. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this and kind of asking about that very aggressive, very in-your-face attitude of the kitchen is that over the last few decades, you haven't used that as your main focus. You've been involved in something else, and that, ironically enough, is rock and roll. You did have, obviously, a passion for rock and roll, and I would assume that you would. As a child, you probably were, just like the rest of us, following your favorite rock bands and, and idolizing your favorite rock stars and frontman guitar players. So you getting involved in music was as natural as something as you having a flair for the kitchen, correct? Yeah, and it all happened about the same time. You know, <laughs> my local venue was over the road from the place I was working. So I'd finish work at 9.30 and go across to the venue, um, which was at the time was Penny Farley in Oxford. Okay. And there were bands playing there, you know, the likes of Randy California. Right. Uh, you know, I met uh, Jason Bonham down there with, with Air Race, you know. Uh, and this is back sort of um, sort of late kind of 80s, you know, and uh, so I was in plunged into it, uh, the music and the, the food at the same time, really. When you stepped out of the restaurant world, you stepped into another in-your-face, dog-eat-dog, brutally aggressive world of rock and roll. You worked as a guitar tech. You worked on a stage. You helped yeah. with bands. You used that as another career choice. And that, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much did that as well as working. So on my downtime, um, uh, there were times when I, I uh, went on and, and worked uh, where I wasn't working in restaurants. I was, I was working with bands, um, and um, you, you know it's very similar kind of pressure, really, um, from it. You know, um, and I kind of fell into that really by working with uh, sort of smallish bands, touring with them, doing the guitars, and, and then, you know the, the whole the whole system, you know, the whole loadings and all the drum kits and everything. You know, the, the whole everything about stage managing, really. You were a glutton for punishment if you did both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I did a bit at the same. I mean, even um, later on when I moved to London, you know, I'd get a phone call, you know, saying, oh, could you come and do this? We've got a couple of showcases on, you know, the marquee or somewhere, and I'd go along, you know, and go and do guitar with somebody, you know, and uh, it, it still happens now. I still get phone calls. <laughs> you know? What were some of the notable people that you did work with? Well, um, I 
worked with a band called Van Damme. We supported um, Thunder at the uh, the Marquee, the Thunder's first ever gig. Okay. At the Marquee, uh, worked at the Ramstein's first gig in UK. Insane. At the Powerhouse Islington. Uh, did some work with Jagged Edge after the Aussie tour. I think it's, there's so many of them. <laughs> Shy. Um, it's just too many to mention. It's, it's great working, especially working at the old Marquee in Wardour Street. And I mean, I've tried those balls many a time. And and same as uh, the one in Charing Cross. Yeah. So if you think about it, you worked in some of the some of the best restaurants in the UK. Yeah. You worked with some of the best, most amazing rock bands touring through the UK. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you've lived a charmed life? Um, I mean, the the restaurant kind of work um, kind of paid the bills. Okay. You know, um, the touring stuff uh, was kind of intimate and, and you know, um, you know, you have to live and, uh, and have a relationship and kind of, you know, that kind of thing. But, it, you know, the, the, the touring was very, very difficult, you know, working with bands, you know, you had to kind of fit it in. Uh, but generally, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's I enjoy. I mean, I enjoy the uh, both sides of it, really. Um, I didn't like the, the long hours of working in a restaurant right. so much. But uh, later on in the career, you kind of pick and choose your hours. Uh, but working with, with the music, I'm still very much involved in that now, you know. And it's kind of interesting. I had a conversation here recently with some people that work in the music industry, and it sounds very similar to some of the conversations I've had with people that I've known or, or been involved with that have worked in the restaurant industry and everything is about preparation it's mm, all, it's yeah. all about hurry up and wait you go through all these prepared moments preparing for what you're going to have for ingredients for the food and getting your kitchen ready and orchestrating the whole event and yeah. it's the same thing with setting up a stage setting up all your microphones in your pre-production and making sure that the venue is ready for the crowd that's going to come in to that one grand moment at the end which is either plating someone a service or having someone stand on the stage and have a performance happen. So yeah. it's very they're very similar in one how they're prepared, how you orchestrate the whole thing, and then how it's, you know, actually performed. They're both a performance. Yeah. You also work into a deadline the same kind True. of way. You work in, you're always working to a deadline. Um you know they, they yes, are like they say that, you know, a chef has the same skills as a fighter pilot. You're having to multitask. All the time. You know? All the time. You have you literally have a finger in every pie. <laughs> no no yeah. yes pun intended. It's yeah. it's literally you have you're doing so many different jobs all at the same time. And as somebody that's on a stage, it maybe is more relevant for someone who's behind the scenes than it is for the person who's actually the artist or the front person. Yeah. You have someone who plays guitar, you have someone who sings, their job is that in, yeah. in that particular moment. But this the person who is actually prepared all of that and is making sure that the show goes on while it's happening, that's yeah. the same type of person as someone who's in the kitchen because you are doing so many job functions at once and you yeah. really you don't have the option to fail. No. When you fail, it goes completely to hell in a handbasket yeah. and you're either going to get reamed out or somebody's going to fire you. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of the same thing and it's so ironic that the two are so intertwined in how they work and here after all these years your two passions that you've had have ended up coming full circle Yeah, and now that's where we are with you having this show. It's really kind of interesting, you know, The King of the Kitchen is really a culmination, a, a storybook of your life of the food and the rock and roll combined. Yeah, very much so, yeah. I mean, it was all very funny how it all happened how it all happened really, you know um, um, it was, I was over in uh, Los Angeles um, uh, working uh, the Bonfer Bash um, correct 
And um, at KNEC, they were, uh, we were chatting, I was telling some stories and stuff, wanting some downtime when there was nobody around. And they were trying to film me uh, from the side, and I said, you know, no pictures, you know, <laughs> made a joke of it. And they said, you know, these stories are great, you know. And then I came back to the UK after, you know, uh, after Nam and uh, the Bonsabash, and they said, well, we should do something. There. I got the phone call saying, you know, we should do something with this. And that's where it all... It all, it all grew from, really, from that, um, and it's it's amazing, really. I mean, they've got you know, you're really good on camera. You you know, you uh, you broadcast really well. I said, well, me? No, <laughs> you're mistaken. <laughs> you're truly mistaken. And anyway, it was uh, yeah, it was kind of uh, it was good. But and uh, I went, I flew back um, in March, um, and we filmed uh, in Washington State, and we, yeah, we had a good time doing it. You know, it was all very new to me doing the filming side of it, um, but it, you know, it all came natural, and uh, we had fun with it. So, what can people expect to see in some of these? With, without letting the cat out of the bag, we want people to watch these shows. Yeah, but I mean, um. Really, I mean, it, it's about. Um, I get frustrated with cook programs a lot um, because they say, you know, chop this and do this and do that, right. but they don't tell you how to do it. I mean, I'm uh, traditional trained, so I go through, you know, how to cut your veg, how to, you know, uh, you, you know, I'm very precise on that. And there's a bit of messing around, a few stories, and um, obviously the interviews were with, with the, with the, uh, the bands and that. You know, it's, there's a lot going on. Really, it's, it's a bit. It's a bit of something for everyone, and uh, you know, and um, it works. It works really well. You know, I've, I've yet to see the the, the 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 end edit at the moment for the first episode. But <laughs> we're see, looking to do that, but it's going to be fun by the sound of it. Everybody who's seen it has said, you know, this is great. You know, except for except for the star of the show, you haven't seen it all yet. No, I've seen I've seen bits and pieces, um, but you know, well, I'm, you know, I, I can be patient. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's great, Paul, when you talk about this because, and I agree with you, when you watch cooking shows, and and, and I love cooking shows. I mean, I, I, one of the things that I grew up watching was Julia Child, watching her and, and her telling stories and so on and so forth. Granted, that's an American cooking show, but yeah. s- still, it's something was left to the imagination. As a viewer, you were like, well, I really don't know how to do that. She's yeah. telling me, she tells me what I can get for ingredients, and it's the same thing now with the more, say, reality-based television type cooking shows that you mm. see on there, Iron Chef, and the stuff that, that Gordon is doing. You understand the process, but not really. And yeah. I think it's like you kind of leave something behind. So if you're giving a full mixture of what people are going to see, okay, I'm going to show you how to cook, I'm going to show you how to prep, and I'm also going to show you some technique, but along the way, we're going to stop, we're going to take a breather, and we're going to talk to my friend who's playing guitar over there in the background. Yeah, It's, it's like you said, the best for everybody involved, but it's still something that's gratuitous. So if you're looking for that rock and roll lifestyle yeah. and that kind of fly by the seat of your pants moment, you still have that too. Yeah, I mean, in my in my mind, you know, with, with it all, um, I, I mean, I, I was trying to compare it to something, you know, um, I mean, I, I learned my life skills with a, a guy called Raymond Blanc, who is a very big chef over here. He's one of the best, uh, next to Gordon Ramsay, those two I, I rate as you know the guys over here in the UK. Right. Uh, and I learned my, all my life skills uh, w- uh, with uh, Raymond Blanc, you know. Um, and uh, I sort of traditionally cut everything, you know, the, the Julienne, the Brunoise, and all the tr- traditional French. Same as the sauces. I mean, in chefs now who come out of college, um, who are, are newly trained, they don't know how to make, you know, the uh, traditional sauces, the beurre blancs, and, you know. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's strange. It really is. Um, it, it makes you wonder where uh, it's going to be in the future, you know, because um, it's, it's 
kind of descaled really uh, and i'm i'm looking to bring that back and and have a bit of pride and for people to you know um have the skills and enjoy what they're doing you know ironically so, uh, enough that sounds a hell of a lot like the rock world right now yeah yeah <laughs> exactly and, um, the rock world is as well i mean from the point of view of um there's a lot of great bands uh, out there you know yet to be seen people sit in and watch reality tv on a saturday night right where they should be going out seeing a live band and going to a restaurant and eat real food experience you know, an experience in life and not in front of the tv you know um and and um you know there's so many bands and well not even bands i won't even call them that you know uh coming out of the system uh, out of the machine you know as it were good way to put it uh, you know it's the same as uh, somebody coming out of uh, a catering college about the skills you know uh it's you know so i see it (laughs) as as a as a music nerd i consider myself and and i obviously take you as as one also here's my question and i'll kind of compare this to the cooking afterwards so who do you think made a bigger impact on rock music the beatles or the who i prefer the who uh, myself, the Beatles obviously were. Um, I, I mean, they're both British bands, obviously. But uh, I, I, yeah, as far as rock and roll, I prefer the Who. I think you know. Um, but, but the Beatles uh, again, they're, they're, they're different genres of music, you know. But they're, they're both equally brilliant, you know. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that. The Who is my choice, hands down, every single time. And I ask that question of a lot of people because it kind of depends on what style of music you like. And the yeah. Beatles, obviously, without question, the Beatles were insanely imaginative songwriters, literally changed the idea of how songs were created. But the Who created the modern day rock concert. Yeah. The the excess, the you know, beat thrash, when you go to the show, you kind of lose your mind for a moment, even without extracurricular activities, you kind of yeah. step out of yourself. And if you were fortunate enough to see a guitar get smashed on the side of the stage, that was what rock and roll was to us. And and how I Yeah. How I compare the other side of Paul Moss, the yeah. cooking side, is you have two very distinctly different styles. You have something that's a little more finesse with a little more controlled, a little more thought, yeah. a little more kind of restrained artistic values. But then again, on the other side, you have that rock and roll style of cooking where it's beat thrash, go for the gusto, swing for the fence, go big or go home. And yeah. to compare the two, that's the Beatles and the Who combined right there. It's kind of... I mean, I'll tell you a little story about, you know, uh, when I was, was doing menu development work for a company, we asked them to head office and they'd have a new bit of equipment. You know, they'd say, what do you think of these these cast iron Bellini pans? They'd be those little cast iron pans. Right. And they'd say, yeah, they're pretty good. Good, got good balance to them. I better throw them at people, you know. <laughs> they said, no, not about how accurate you can be with them, throwing them at people. is <laughs> how, how they're good for cooking. Yeah, and you're like, uh, that's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> I used to throw things at people, but I used to make a joke of it, you know. But that's a perfect example, Paul, right there. It's like, and yeah. as I'm looking into all that is Paul Moss, all that is Master Chef Paul Moss, that is what popped into my mind. It was the perfect dichotomy, the 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 light, the dark, the good, the evil. It was the Beatles, the Who. And yeah. I got that impression from you. So I applaud you for being able to put the two of those together and have it seem like it's so fluid because they're there's a lot of people in the world that can't balance both of those. Yeah. I mean, one, one time I remember I was working in a restaurant in Oxford. Uh, I was on an eight to four shift. 
and um, there was a band playing the Marquee Club in London. And it takes about an hour to get from London, uh, Oxford to London. Right. Finished at four o'clock, got a shower, jumped on a, a, a train to London, went to see the band at the Marquee from about seven o'clock, finished at half ten, um, went to the Samaritz Club over the road. That closes at sort of seven in the morning. I'd leave there about six, go and catch the first train back to Oxford, 25 past seven, go straight to work. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that twice in one week once, you know. Um, it was exciting, I think, exciting. Cider at the marquee. Um, you know, um, it's, it's just you know, it's just the way it is. You know, you, you have to if you enjoy something, you got to put yourself out. You got you got to you know uh, live it and breathe it. You know, and uh, you know that's the rock and roll thing, isn't it? You know, very very true, sir. And it seems like you were doing that before. You're still doing it now, and I have no doubt that you're going to continue to do that well into the future. So well, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I congratulate you on the new series, King in the Kitchen, via King in the Kitchen productions and knac.com i congratulate you on that and i know that myself i am looking forward to it that's great sean thank you very much well we'll do it again sir we'll do